This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk with me, Andy Braithwaite. Joining me today is Mark Leeser, the Executive Director of AOPD in the United States. Hi Mark, good to see you today. Good morning, Andy. Good to see you as well. How are you doing? I've, uh, we're recording this just after you've come back from a, a, a long Labor Day weekend, so I hope you had a, the chance for a nice break. I certainly did. Enjoyed a little bit of time off, time with family, and uh, ready to get back at it. We've got a month uh, before our annual meeting now, and mm. it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, Katie Barthed to get uh, through to that. So ready for it. Okay, good stuff. Now, just for our international listeners and for people who may not be too familiar with AOPD and what, what it does, can you just give us a, a quick description of, of your organization? Sure. Uh, our organization uh, effectively is a, is a network of dealers, independent dealers in the in the United States, also in Canada. We have an affiliation with, uh, with Dominic and his group, uh, Complete, down in Australia. And uh, we network together to service national and regional accounts, cooperative business, GPO business. We effectively enable uh, an independent dealer to become national to compete with the big boxes. Mm. That's what we've done really since 1978. And uh, so quite a while. Yeah. How many members do you have approximately? Currently, we have 68 members. And Mm. uh, uh, as far as dealer members, we've got 23 business partners that support what we do and uh, continue to try to go out and win business for the independent dealer channel. Okay. And you have a variety of contracts on the public sector, uh, on the private side as well? We do. Uh, we've got uh, about 450 contracts in the private sector, what we call our commercial account business. Then we have uh, a national cooperative business with NCPA, and uh, we have a contract with Premier uh, the healthcare GPO, uh, second largest healthcare GPO in the U.S., uh, quite a bit of business with them, and then some other what I call boutique or niche GPO uh, contracts in the healthcare space, in addition to a National Chamber of Commerce contract and also a GSA schedule. Uh, so, so we're we've got a number of those that we call corporate contracts mm-hmm. that are hunting licenses for our dealers to go out and, and try to win that type of business. Okay, now. You know, the last time we had a really in-depth talk was probably going back to February, March 2020, and uh, you know, COVID was just, it was a new word in our, in our vocabulary. We hadn't really heard about it before, so that was mm-hmm. just, just starting. And you know, I guess neither of us could have envisaged that you know, 18 months later, here we are, and COVID is still you know, very top of mind, and it's had a big impact on our industry over, over the past 18 months or so. What, what has that meant for the national accounts business in the in the USA? Well, it certainly had a, a, a negative impact on it because so many folks went home to work. And, and we, we've seen the, the definite uh, negative impact on our sales uh, as we, we went through 2020. And really just seen the turnaround start to happen with March of this year. We've, we've seen a distinct uh, turnaround beginning about March of 2021 and uh, had some nice months since then. But prior to that, it was uh, it was a challenge because you had so many folks working from home, using less. You know, the pandemic really, really had a dramatic impact on us and our sales. So there's no doubt about that. Yeah. And of course, as most folks have done, there's been a huge pivot to 
selling PPE, selling more, you know, as many disinfectant and, and cleaning type products as you, a dealer could get their hands on when you could find the stuff. Uh, so our dealers really were very resourceful in pivoting to uh, be able to mitigate some of the negative impact of uh, the downturn in sales. But, uh, but it's nice to see it start to come back. We hope that the Delta variant surge, uh, recent surge that we've experienced in the U.S. and across the world, won't, first of all, last too long. And second of all, you know, won't uh, put us back to where we were. And we haven't seen that it's put us you know, back to where we were sales-wise at this point. And uh, I hope we don't get back to that point. Okay, good. Now, when you look at some of the verticals that your your contracts operate in, thinking education, healthcare, local government, federal government, any large differences there over, over the, the past 18 months or so? Uh, I would say huge. Uh, our cooperative business with NCPA was, was down a, a, a a, a strong amount really because of schools, colleges that were shut down and, and did remote learning from home, didn't need the supplies that they typically needed. Uh, I, I monitor several accounts as sort of bellwethers uh, as to how things are going. And uh, one school district that I follow closely, they weren't in session. Uh, even when they were doing remote learning, they didn't have to have the, the, the supplies that they needed typically when folks were there or the students are there in session. So, uh, that g- took a tremendous hit. And we've seen uh, as schools have started to open up how those numbers have started to come back. Hmm. We had uh, April this month, we were up 117% over April of 2020. So you see the, the definite impact of having schools that are in session versus schools that are out of session. And we've continued to see uh, not numbers quite that high, but uh, continue to see strong numbers in the NCPA cooperative contract with the, um, you know, schools, colleges, counties, uh, municipalities, and so forth. The healthcare business has been interesting because you, you know, obviously healthcare has been uh, the busiest industry out there, you would say. Mm-hmm. But the thing that has been uh, interesting in looking at how healthcare spend has been, all those elective surgeries and all the things other than COVID basically got shut down as well. You know, people weren't able to go into hospitals for elective surgeries and things of that nature. So the healthcare business, while it's held on, it hasn't been uh, what you, you know, a lot of people might think healthcare, you know, exploded as far as, as sales, but it's, it's been more of a, 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 I guess, a flat sales trajectory for healthcare as opposed to a huge increase. Okay. Talking about healthcare, I think you've got Betsy Hughes working with you, who worked for many years at, at Friends Office and was was instrumental in the the Premier Healthcare contract at Friends. And I think she's she's running your your healthcare business. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, uh, Betsy and and uh, and Ken Schrader, his company at Friends, uh, we joined forces back on the last Premier contract to bid together. And, uh, and that was successful. We were able to, to bid together and win that contract, combined forces, so to speak, and started that contract in August of 2020 with them, with friends. And so toward the end of the year, uh, we found out that Betsy had left friends. And uh, so we reached out to her and said, you know, do you have any interest in, in working with us, you know, on a consulting basis? And so long story short, we worked it out with her to come with us on a consulting basis to manage our healthcare sales and uh, primarily premier right now. But uh, you know, some of the other boutique healthcare GPOs that I mentioned earlier 
uh, Betsy's going to be taking on, on all that. And, and she's done a fantastic job with our premier contract, working with the friends group of dealers that were part of her network uh, contract before, and then working with the AOPD dealers uh, that she now has had exposure to. And mm -hmm. so our sales have grown with that. We were up 17% on premier sales in the month of, uh, of June and July sales were up about another uh, double digits, about 10. So we've seen the fruit of her labor start to really pay off in, uh, in sales growth with Premier, especially the last uh, several months. Mm. Now, you, you've got dealers throughout the United States. When you look at how they've been doing since COVID started, do you notice any big geographical differences in, in different areas of the country? We do. Uh, I think the Northeast has been especially hard hit. The D.C. area has been hard hit. Uh, one of my board members, Wayne Stillwagon, keeps me up to date on the, the current entry rates uh, through the, the research that he does. And I, I think the last he, he told me, I think in D.C., it was around the mid 20 percent range of occupancy uh, that, uh, mm. that that research showed him. And I think you look at the other cities in the Northeast, you've seen similar uh, results. So still a lot of work from home. Uh, a lot of folks were planning to reopen their offices around this time, around Labor Day. The new surge has caused a lot of big companies to, to push that off until later in the year or possibly even uh, the beginning of 2022. So I think we've seen geographic uh, hits uh, in the Northeast, uh, probably in, in, uh, on the West Coast. Southeast has been fairly stable. Uh, middle of the country has been fairly stable as well. Chicago area has had a little bit more restrictions, but mm -hmm. uh, our dealer up in that market, Warehouse Direct, has found ways around it and is growing their premier and NCPA business with us. A number of dealers are doing that as well. So I would say that uh, the geographic pockets, uh, you have some that are hard hit, but Again, the independent dealers have been very resilient in how they've handled this pandemic uh, from uh, pivoting to PPE, uh, pivoting to air purification. Uh, you know, we've brought on uh, a PPE business partner now in certain supply. They'll be attending our annual meeting for the first time this year. And uh, they weren't even in existence prior to, I think, about 15 months ago. So, uh, interesting to see uh, all the changes that the pandemic's brought on, in addition to all the acceleration of different types of activities and how we engage with one another that the pandemic has, has caused to, to, to bring to bear. Sure. And how you engage with your customers as well. Mm, absolutely. Like we're engaging today on a Zoom call. Of course, we probably would have to do that with you being in the UK and me being in the US <laughs> anyway. But uh, we're doing that as a matter of routine, obviously, today. And obviously, our annual meeting that we'll talk about in a little bit is going to be totally virtual. Mm. So it's amazing what we've been able to resourcefully use technology to get done during this pandemic to keep things moving forward, yeah. or at least keep things uh, as close to, uh, to level as we possibly can. Yeah. You mentioned bringing on a, a, a PPE supplier as, as a supplier partner to, mm -hmm. to cover that category what what else have you been doing to help your members either to grow or at least to to maintain their business levels well one of the things we did started it last january was uh, a concept called aopd university and one of the things that we typically do during the years we try to do webinars on, on different parts of our business to try to do training for dealers um, and and the pandemic really gave us the the impetus to to do this on a monthly basis and so we've started, uh, you know, a monthly webinar series where 
we're training dealers on different concepts uh, from one of the sessions was specifically about PPE. Uh, certain supply was able to present. We're allowing our business partners to come on and present uh, during uh, about every other month. Uh, we have those folks on. Uh, we've done training on the competition. We're in a current series now about how we go out to market against our big box competitors. Uh, we've talked about what other dealers are doing from a peer sharing standpoint during the pandemic, you know, how they've handled different customer, uh, how you engage with the customer differently during the pandemic. And, and uh, we make part of uh, every session, we make uh, at least 15 to 20 minutes of those sessions breakouts uh, where we will break out into the different Zoom rooms and have dealers share success stories, peer share, mm. ask questions about how other dealers are doing things and so forth. So we feel like those sessions have been very successful in bringing the dealers together to talk about their common experiences, their common frustrations, their common challenges, and uh, how working with each other, we can we can overcome some of these things. Mm-hmm. When you look at the and this is outside just your membership, but when you look at the wider IDC, the independent dealer channel in the US, how, how do you think they're, they're holding up? It's, it's interesting. As you would imagine, it's not consistent across the board. You have some dealers that have taken more to PPE. Uh, you know, PPE's made a resurgence there for a while. I had dealers calling me and saying, hey, do you know somebody that needs some, you know, uh, a couple of pallets of masks or, or nitrile gloves because I've got too many I overordered. Mm-hmm. And uh, but now, uh, unfortunately, with this new surge, uh, the demand for PPE has certainly you know come back with a vengeance. Uh, so it's not just you know pivoting to PPE. I think it's uh, how you engage with your sales force, how you continue to train your sales force to engage with your customers. One of the things we've noticed is that you've taken outside sales reps and you've almost uh, had to rewire them to become inside sales reps because they're having to use technology to engage their customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're sending flyers out uh, electronically. They're posting on LinkedIn, using social media to their benefit. Yeah. And, and we've got a number of dealers. I follow a lot of our dealers and uh, on LinkedIn and you see what they're doing uh, on a daily basis, uh, you know, trying to get that message out to their customers and to, and to the whole LinkedIn audience, you know, folks that follow. So yeah. it's been amazing to see how some dealers have have taken to more of this. Some of the dealers have been a little bit more hesitant. Some, I tell you, in the beginning of the pandemic, we had what I would call uh, just paralysis and and dealers trying to figure out what to do. Uh, Do we sell PPE? Do we put all this upfront money out there to be able to procure a a container load of mask or or a partial container load or a pallet somewhere? You know, who is getting what from where? Uh, having to deal directly with China in some cases. I had one dealer uh, who has a, uh, a, a controller who grew up in China and had some contacts there. Okay. And mm-hmm. I remember one afternoon uh, I called him and he's in the Michigan market and he was headed to O'Hare to meet uh, a shipment coming over from China of PPE supplies. So he was in it in a big way. Uh, one of our other dealers was sourcing directly from China and selling to our other dealers and uh, being a source of supply for them. Uh, other dealers were a little more hesitant to jump into it because of the risk involved, especially financial risk. And, and we had some dealers that, you know, took it on the chin in a couple of cases, but, uh, you know, ultimately recovered from that. So it uh, has, from uh, dealers being a little bit paralyzed into what to do next, you know, and, and of course, think of the other things dealers were having to do. They were having to worry about laying off employees, Mm. They were having to worry about how do you get a PPP loan, you know, from the federal government? 
how do you keep records so that you can get forgiven for that PPP loan? And some dealers, uh, you know, their balance sheets were definitely bolstered by that, you know, to keep them whole for the year mm. and to keep uh, them keeping employees on staff. So there were a lot of really stressful, difficult decisions. And I had board members that told me, hey, I don't have time for an AOPD board call right now. I'm worried about how to keep my business afloat. <laughs> but uh, they did remarkable jobs of doing that. Uh, we only lost one dealer to what I would consider pandemic-related uh, causes, basically having to to uh, close up shop because of it or sell because of it. Okay. And um, what about now? As, as we hopefully come out of it and we're entering what we're all calling the, the new normal, how, how, mm-hmm. how, a de- how a dealer set up to you know, deal with this new way of working, the hybrid working environment? The thing I see with dealers today that I did not see in the early months of the pandemic is now a new desire on how do I grow my business? Uh, how can you help me as AOPD to help me grow my business? Uh, we've got dealers that are now engaged in writing new contracts. We've had several new contracts that have come on board here in the last several months uh, with new customers. Uh, we've got dealers that are, are looking to us now for, for leadership and ways to go out and attack the market. And I think that's a positive sign. I think dealers are, you know, nobody's back to, well, I say nobody. I, honestly, some of our dealers had record years during the pandemic because of how well they, they repositioned themselves. And kudos to them for being able to do that. Some of our dealers did not. You know, they were down significantly and some were somewhere in between. But I think the dealers now are out there uh, with a renewed focus on how do we grow our businesses again. And things you have to do to, to, to do that are to embrace the new normal, to figure out how are you going to make deliveries to customers who you don't know where they are from one day of the week to the next? You know, are they at home today? Are they in the office today in a hybrid working model? Um, how do you deliver to home uh, offices when the cost to serve is much higher than when you deliver to multiple users in one office location? So we're dealers are trying to figure out how to do that, and we're trying to help them with, uh, with, uh, with how they do that. Hmm. We're looking at different models and different things that we can do to uh, potentially help with that because, you know, as you know, AOPD's whole reason to exist is last mile delivery to national contract accounts and uh, white glove service that our dealers provide. So uh, we think we're in a unique position to, to help our dealers with some of those things. Yeah, that sounds it's a tough nut to crack, isn't it, for the independent dealers, this really this work from home uh, mm-hmm. delivery, delivery issue. But I think it's going to be in, very important going forward. I think it will. And I think it's going to create some, probably some unique alliances that you might see come about in, uh, I wouldn't say the near future, but sometime in the next year or so that you're going to see some things that are going to be, uh, I think, interesting in how we attack some of these issues, because they're definitely going to need to be addressed in creative ways. Uh, I don't think we'll be able to just deliver just because we have dealers that have their own trucks. They're not going to want to be delivering to uh, home offices all over town. Uh, so we've got to figure out more efficient, cost-effective ways to do that. Mm. And uh, so I think you'll see some creative ways that uh, probably come to bear to, to address problems like that. Yeah. What's your take on industry consolidation? Well, I, do, I seem to do a news story every other day almost about Imperial Date in the Jansen yeah. space acquiring a, a family-owned business. Now, are we looking at a you know, wave of consolidation in the OP space along those lines? 
Well, obviously, if you just look at it from the outside looking in, you would say, yes, you would say, well, you know, the pandemic has created havoc for me or issues for me. There's there's challenges that you know, maybe I'm not in position technology wise to try to overcome uh, financially to try to overcome. So. So, yeah, maybe we should uh, uh, look at selling to uh, a big box, selling to another independent, maybe that has more resources or what have you. But the one thing I'm hearing on the other hand uh, uh, on this is that prices that are being paid for dealerships have definitely uh, been reduced or are going to be reduced uh, going forward uh, as to where folks were paying 40% of sales here during the, maybe in 2019, Hmm. uh, maybe it's come down to about half that and uh, maybe 20 to 25% of sales. So if a dealer is looking for a a huge payday, uh, if 20 to 25% is enough, then maybe you look at it. If, uh, if the 40% days that you were hearing about two years ago are what you're looking for, you might have to wait a little while longer to, to cash out. So I think some of the, th- of the things like that are going to cause consolidation, maybe to slow down a little bit and maybe dealers to take another look at, maybe I can make a go of this. Maybe I can do some things differently. Maybe through uh, what we're doing virtually, we can cut down some costs that we've had in the past. I know AOPD has been able to cut some costs with some of the virtual things we're doing. Mm-hmm. Our travel expense, obviously, due to necessity, is way down. But uh, doing a virtual meeting costs uh, quite a bit less than it costs to mm-hmm. uh, tra- travel all from all over the country to a central location to, mm-hmm. to have a, a an in-person meeting. So yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting when we get back to in-person to see how how travel budgets get impacted mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned acquisitions. The price, the price is not as attractive as they perhaps were a couple of years ago. And certainly we, there seems to be a slowdown in the activity of the big boxes in their acquisitions of dealers. That might be one reason for it. Another reason might be their, their own issues in, in dealing with the, the COVID situation and some of the, the uncertainties uh, around their, their mm-hmm. futures as well. And, and that uncertainty, I don't know whether that's been a, a benefit to AOPD in, in recent times. Well, uh, I don't know if you call it a benefit, but as, as long as our dealers aren't being acquired and that volume is being taken away from us, uh, then it's going to be a benefit to us. And, you know, I will I will clearly admit that one large hit to us in the end of 2019 was when Bulldog was acquired by Staples and High Touch. Uh, Bulldog was a huge contributor to AOPD uh, from a sales standpoint, about eight or nine million dollars worth a year that mm. uh, that they ran through AOPD. And so uh, we transitioned that with them. And uh, interestingly, uh, Frank Fair, a good friend of mine, uh, still, I had lunch with Frank last week down at, uh, at Myrtle Beach. Uh, his, his family was on vacation. I had, uh, Kim and I had lunch with Frank and Marisa. It was great to catch up with them. But, uh, you know, when they, they gave us quite a compliment because they transitioned their business over probably triple the amount of time they were planning to because it took a while for them to get their systems in place with their new owners. And their new owners did give us some high compliments on how well we were handling the, the business that we were servicing for, for Bulldogs uh, contracts. Mm. And, uh, and it just reaffirmed how well our model does work for a network of independent dealers, uh, especially competing against the very people that purchased his company. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. You, you mentioned earlier, you've got an event coming up. I think that's in early October. Tell us, a little bit, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, uh, I, it's, a, it's interesting how it came about. And I'm going to give some credit to some folks here because I was pushing for an in-person meeting. Uh, 
Uh, I thought the way things looked back in March and April that we would be able to do in person. And, uh, and so we started to talk with our executive business partner advisors and they started to share some things about, you know, just how things were looking for their own companies and, and uh, essential travel, non-essential travel. Uh, Travis Casty from 3M is on our advisory board and he said they weren't returning to the office until September. And I think that's actually been moved further out now. So uh, with the resurgence of uh, you know, the Delta variant, uh, several others, Beth Wright from Fellows, uh, Brent Woods from uh, BIC shared the same thing. Bill Cardone, you know, who was on your podcast uh, mm. last week, uh, had similar opinions and they said, you might want to take this a little bit slower. Our board heard that. The board came back to me and said, you know, we've heard what our business partners have said. Maybe we ought to just go virtual for 2021 and, and shoot for 2022 to be our next in-person meeting. And so about May, we decided to go virtual with our meeting. And so I have those folks to thank for that because right now I don't have to worry about whether I have to reschedule or not. We're, we're obviously fully virtual and that's what we're going to do. Yeah. But then as we discovered the platform, we, we, we picked a platform provider and uh, that platform provider has made some things available to us that we uh, are taking advantage of to engage with our, 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 have our dealers and our business partners engage in multiple ways rather than just traditional one-on-ones that our meetings basically been predicated upon. So we're doing group presentations, uh, business partners to small groups of dealers. We're doing roundtables uh, where we're going to talk about specific topics that are of mutual interest to the dealers and the business partners with groups of dealers and business partners in a workshop setting, working together in an open forum to discuss how we overcome some of those obstacles we've had probably for years. We're going to have an industry uh, town hall panel discussion, which a lot of folks do, but it's always very interesting and very informative. You know, you folks do it at OPI, at your global forums, ISG's doing it, we're doing it. It just makes sense to have different people with different perspectives come together and talk about, you know, how they're attacking different challenges that the industry faces. Mm. So we're, we're doing some different things this year because our virtual platform allows us to do it. And probably the main thing we're doing, a lot of people have kind of taken a second glance at is we're, we're spreading it out over two different weeks, rather than if you're doing it in person, you can't do that. You know, you have your two or three days at one location that you do Mm. together. And, uh, and so we're doing it over two different weeks to spread it out a little bit more so you can eliminate a little bit of the what people call Zoom fatigue. Sure. We all know uh, about that, don't we? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, so it's a partial day for four days over a two-week period. And we're, we've gotten pretty good reception to that. You know, people are saying that, you know, makes sense. I, I think it's going to be easier to focus and easier to get some really quality time out of the events that we are having the formats that we're having. So, so we're excited about it. Uh, some of the things that we learned from this, this is going to be a little bit of an incubator for what we do in annual meetings going forward, because mm. we pioneered, I think the one-on-one concept with AOPD back in, we've been doing one-on-one since 1982, I think. And uh, uh, I went to my first one in 1985 with AOPD and have been to everyone since then. So uh, is it time to move beyond one-to-ones? Uh, you know, I don't know whether we move beyond them, but we have them as a portion of how we allow dealers and business partners to engage with one another so that they can figure out ways to do more business because yeah. that's what it's all about is how do we do more business with each other yeah. and uh, sell each other's products. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting when we go back to in-person events, whether they, they're they exactly the same format as, as they were before or mm-hmm. whether 
we're going to be a bit more creative, a bit more inventive and combine some of these physical and, and virtual meetings that we've, we've all gotten used to over the, over the past year or two. I think you're going to see that, Andy, because one of the things you can do virtually is you can bring more people to the event because typically folks are only going to fly one or two people, maybe uh, some business partners fly a few more than that to an in-person meeting. But uh, we're allowing up to six uh, folks to attend from, from each dealer and each business partner to the virtual event. And that allows marketing people to come maybe that we haven't seen before. It allows uh, maybe uh, uh sales reps that typically don't get to come to the one-on-one meetings uh, to attend things that have relevance to them. And so it's going to involve more people. And we've seen that with other events that have been uh, hosted virtually. And uh, we think it's going to be healthy for the industry. And uh, it, it allows the what you discuss at a meeting to filter down to what I call the street, which is where the business really gets done. And uh, sometimes we have a disconnect with that when mm. you have the folks at the annual meeting that you know, go back after they've been there and they, they, they really need to, to filter this down to their sales reps or their sales managers. And maybe there's a disconnect and it doesn't happen. Mm. We're going to be able to avoid that uh, with having more people involved. So I think you're going to see some of that continue going forward because I still don't think the budgets are going to be there to send six people to an in-person meeting with travel and all the expense involved with that. Yeah. Okay, good. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to attending a, a couple of the sessions myself. Thank you for, for letting me take part. Well, we look forward to having you participate and hopefully you will uh, see some things that we do that will uh, intrigue you and, uh, and maybe intrigue the rest of the, the industry. Okay, great. Listen, Mark, thank you for your, your time today. I've enjoyed our, our talk. And thank you for, for taking part in, in this episode of OPI Talk. Well, Andy, I'm, uh, I'm honored to be able to be on your podcast, uh, following in some footsteps of some, some very <laughs> uh, renowned people in our industry. So I'm, I'm, uh, as Bill Cardone said last week, he was humbled and honored, and I'm humbled and honored uh, to be part of this podcast. And I uh, hope it uh, has some maybe some insightful things for your, for your listeners. Sure does. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Okay, take care. Have a great day. If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk.